Let's hear the voice. Let's hear the voice. Radio. Ready for my radio voice? Yeah. Hi everyone, welcome to the Failed Rockstar Club there podcast. Podcast that talks about music, mental health and fashion. Now, for the first time, I think you agree, Jez. Yep. Um, we have someone that actually knows about all three. We've got a very special guest who straddles the three key areas that we like to focus on. The Trinity. Just, yes, the Holy Trinity of music, mental health, and fashion. Yeah. fashion. Yeah. I don't know if I didn't develop a stutter. That's a deliberate, that's a deliberate extra few fuzz. Um, so, I think to start, Ellie, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and then... Um, I'll tease Jez with some of my interesting questions to get him, to get him thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Who are you? Uh, who am I? Yeah. Very good question. A very good question. Um, oh, well, you're answering questions, that. Yeah, this is the thing. Um, who so, are you? <laughs> yeah. How does that make you feel? No, so my name's Ellie Cornell. Um, I've got a private practice of Essex and Suffolk counselling. Um, that obviously joining up with you guys doing like a, a collaboration sort of thing um, and then I'm in two bands as well so I'm in the Lamplight Club and I'm in the Gin Twins as well so that's kind of my thing I do counselling and music the big two yeah. and you're interested in fashion yeah. yeah Ellie's wearing a lovely red summer dress right now I tried to find the most awful dress vintage yeah that I could find it's a beauty. It's a it's a thing. I love awful dresses. Jez, are you wearing a nice H and M shirt? Uh, no, this is vintage. Yeah, yeah. I it's very like a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. I'm wearing a mint. Like <laughs> Just describe what we're all wearing. Like candy stripe. Yeah, candy yeah. stripe toothpaste shirt. And you know how I'm in? Fa- you can tell I'm in fashion because I've folded the sleeves up. <laughs> yeah. That's a, Interesting. That's I can tell I'm in fashion because I'm wearing a striped. Ralph Lauren number yeah. it used yes. to be a polo neck yeah. and I've cut oh, the polo yeah. neck off to customised it a, a sexy kind of bit of collarbone collarbone for the ladies <laughs> or the men yeah. just a hint yeah, yeah. 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 It's, for, it's there for all to enjoy yeah exactly and what a lovely collarbone it is too yeah thank you I suppose you can see, still see it but <laughs> um, so Jess before we get yeah. cracking on this podcast this beautiful podcast that we'd like to call Foud Rockstar Club mm. um, could you Say who we are and where we are. Right. Well, I suppose how yeah, people can is, find this us. This is very important. We actually teased this last last week. We sort of gave away that we would be working with you, but we didn't sort of go into detail. Okay. But so we were here again for the second week in a row in our shop on Forty Old Lane, Colchester, Best Days Vintage. The shop is about to undergo its transformation, so we're expanding, as we told you last week, into next door. But we haven't knocked the big hole yet. That's no. happening in the next couple of days. The big hole shall be opening. <laughs> feel like it's a bit Stranger Things. <clears throat> yes. So on the other yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, the upside... Is that what it's called? The upside down? Mm-hmm. I, I think, think so, yeah. That, that side's mm-hmm. the upside down. Yeah. And our builder is called John. He's very handsome, so I'm really looking forward to seeing Handsome John's <laughs> big handsome hole. Handsome John. Yeah. <laughs> handsome John's hole. It's splashed down for John's big hole in <laughs> two days' time. We're going to document it with a GoPro, mm-hmm. so you can see the big hole opening <laughs> step by step. That's <laughs> when my wife gave birth. This is all getting a bit, uh, it's getting a bit birthy. Uh, but yeah, I'm Jez, uh, Jeremy Peter Dixon, no BA honours. That's Steve, Stephen Robert Hurdle, some BA honours. And yeah, we're in Best Days. Go to bestdaysvintage.co.uk to learn more. So yeah, mm. that's the intro. That is true. Um, so. Yeah, getting good at that. Yeah, you are. Yeah, as always. 
Every week the same. Always the same people. <laughs> yep. Don't know why you listen. Um, so um, I think so I'd like people to try and get to know you a little bit, Ellie, before mm-hmm. we start. Okay. So I've got a little game. Okay. Is it, is it this or that? Is it this or that? We need a jingle for that. Yeah, we haven't got a jingle. This is called. This game's called This or That. Okay. So I'm going to read two things out. Right. This thing or that thing. Yeah. Ooh, this or that, which do you like best? <laughs> there you go. That's the, that's the jingle. <laughs> and which, yeah, which one do you like best? Just a few little things, okay? Just so people get to know you, yeah, sure. the real you, quickly. Okay. <clears throat> so, Ellie. Yeah. City life or country life? Or city, I would say. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Disco or metal? Oh, I don't. Is there? Is there? There's no other category here. That's it. Just, that's that's it. It's brutal. Always the same. Yeah, this is all that. that. <laughs> disco this, that or, the other. or metal. See, I'm thinking like seventies disco or yep. like eighties metal. Yeah, mm-hmm. crumbs. Um, let's go. I'm going to go metal. Okay. More than so disco. Here's the hard questions. Yeah, this is tricky. Home cooked or takeaway? Home cooked. Well, that was quicker. Yeah. Okay. Shark or tiger? Tiger. <laughs> Or tiger shark. Or tiger yeah. shark. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Channel 4 News or BBC News? Oof. <clears throat> always turn your phone off. Yeah. <laughs> Professionalism Bing. is, and that is why. <coughs> Channel 4 News or BBC, I suppose. Christian Gary Murphy yeah. or Hugh Edwards? Yeah, I suppose <coughs> I, see, I see BBC more, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't actually have a telly, but... <laughs> sure, so you make it up. But I have access, <laughs> yeah. I have access to one. Okay. It doesn't need to be this, that or the other. You're yeah. right. <laughs> You're on the other. Right? Okay. Um, no news. And finally, denim jacket or leather jacket? Oh, it depends on the day. Again, okay, this is brutal. Um, let's go leather jacket. Were you on two t- t- coffeeages? T- I think I've still gone tea, t- just, but it's getting closer. Coffee's yeah. been bridging the gap for yeah, the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. You're more of a coffee guy. It used to be tea. Yeah, it used to always be tea. Jez, lager sometimes side <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, you still, are you still? You're more coffee now. I'm um, definitely. I'm definitely 85, 80, 90% coffee now, I'd say. 90-10. I do like a cup of tea every now and then, but I'm definitely more coffee. Yeah. Coffee. This, this is an example coffee. of the cutting edge <laughs> chat. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Coffee's I get... very important. It is. Yeah. It feels really important, doesn't it? And I never yes. thought I would be... That guy who found it important, but now oh, no, it's very I've, important. I've become... Coffee and plants, very important. Coffee and plants, that's yeah. a good name for a shop. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's what we are. We have, coffee, we have quite a lot of plants Coffee and plants now. and plants. And, there you go. Yeah. That's good. That's why they pay them the big bucks. Ah. So we are going to be opening in a couple of weeks or so, <clears> yeah. and you're going to be joining us. Um, you said it earlier, you said... It's a collab. So, what? How do you see it going? Like, what do you? How do you see it working from your point of view? Like, having a a room or an office. What, what do you? Even so, call yeah. It? Let's let's just clarify. So, when the shop reopens in yeah. in basically less just under two weeks now, yeah, Ellie will have her own room in the shop, sort of at the back of the new side, mm-hmm. which will be sort of separate to the shop, but as part of the building. Yeah. Where she will be offering counselling to young people. Yeah, counselling sessions. Yeah, is it exclusive to young I suppose it's not exclusive to young people, is it? But that's just who... Exclusive to... Young, young people. people. Um, no, no, I work with all age groups, mm-hmm. but I feel like... I mean, I don't know, but I feel like... Um, because, I don't know, 
I suppose as a demographic, you get younger people coming in. We tend to, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose it might start out that mm. way um, because people are going to be coming in and looking at the clothes and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like it's probably... I'd like to think it's going to be a mixed... It yeah. usually is with counselling. It's usually a mixed range. I mean, everyone's everyone's human. Sometimes it's hard. Therefore, sometimes... Yeah, so I hope it's a really mixed demographic because I like, you know, working with all age groups and stuff. Um, so, yeah, and do hoping. you specialise in certain areas or are you, is it quite open? Like, So anyone who's got any kind of problems can come and speak to you or is it like certain issues or how does it work in regards to your expertise or mm-hmm. what you offer? So I'm, if I can say it, integrative. There you go. <laughs> Um, so that basically means I use lots of different theories and approaches but it depends what gels best with the person mm-hmm. um, and it kind of comes about naturally do you know what I mean like um, you see what they respond to kind of. yeah yeah which is kind of like obviously like um, build a therapeutic bond you know and um then kind of go from there and see see what kind of works for them kind of thing mm-hmm. some people are like oh psychodynamic works really well for them other people it's like a bit more Jungian or you know and but then it it all starts to sound a bit clinical do you know what I mean but it's more about what works for the person of course um and then I suppose specialty specialty areas it's a bit gritty it's stuff like well it is it's childhood trauma and sexual violence um eating disorders and abusive relationships that's kind of my specialty areas that I work in um but again so many different things come up and the funny thing is when you know I think with most people when one thing gets worked on another thing might come into light not necessarily like some a it might not be a distressing thing, but they might be like, oh, okay, kind of working more on authentic self now, and now I've realised this, and it, you know, I kind of need to, I need to work that out, because mm-hmm. that's a change sort of thing. Letting go of old stuff as well, do you know what I mean? Like, Do you have, like, set um, weeks, like, you, you recommend people should have a certain amount of weeks, or do you just see how it goes, or how does that work in regards to... If someone's going to come in to say, "I need to start," I need to get some help here. Yeah. How, does, is there like a set kind of number of times you feel like he needs so many weeks, or does he just see it, or does he just you just go with the flow? Yeah. Um, the the kind of the standard way I work is I invite people to a session for a time that works for them, and then most most people call it an assessment session, mm-hmm. um, and that makes total sense. But that I think that can be a little bit jarring. So I tend to call it like a meet and greet because then there's no pressure. Yeah. Someone uh, comes I'm being along. assessed. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, going for an exam or something. Yeah, like it wasn't. Well, yeah. The times I've done it, it's been... Is that what they call it? Yeah, uh, assessment. And you felt... Yeah, you kind of like... It's kind of like starting from scratch. You kind of get to know someone, aren't you? And yeah. so you're having to talk about the beginnings of it all before you start getting deep into things, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree that assessment seems like the wrong word to use. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's from what I know probably the the most common one I think different places call it different things but for for private practice I say like a meet and greet because that Mm -hmm. means they can come along they can say hello and what I usually start with is you know have you got any questions because I just find that really helpful you know what I mean because everything's new so I just find it really helpful to say have you got any questions and usually it'll be something around um 
either what is counselling or or they might have not always but they might have a therapeutic goal that they want to talk about mm-hmm. or they might just go straight into it sort of thing um but it's kind of like the most important thing is to to have a meet and greet explain what counselling is explain the boundaries the ethics all the really important stuff um explain about confidentiality um you know get a contract in place all the all the good stuff like that runs alongside with the BACP um that, that obviously the people I'm with that you know most therapeutic people are with um and go through that and see if they see what they're looking for if they're looking for anything because there's also there's also quite a big I've found there's quite a big stigma that to go into counseling you have to be broken messed up something's not working which which really isn't the case you can go into counseling just going just want to explore some stuff or there's something i don't understand mm-hmm. or i just you know like there's something i want to unpack and you know i feel like i can't talk about it with anyone that i know because they're too much in the context um so yeah the, i think the way the way i tend to work is the the meet and greet session explain what counseling is see what they're looking for then then when we've kind of like worked through that and then we talk about what's going on for them and like go forward and then sessions wise I think you hear the kind of oh six sessions thing but it depends on again what the person's looking for what level they want to work on because I I tend to work quite holistically with root causes so I'd be like if they want to go starting from scratch going way back and talking about it maybe do a timeline Mm -hmm. that can be really helpful but yeah like root causes is mainly how i work but sometimes people you know reality of the situation is a lot of people are skin a lot of people are so skin so they come in and they say you know they might have some serious stuff going on they've got and they say i've saved up i've got enough for four sessions so you you just do what you can in those four sessions Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully, you know, you unpack some stuff. Maybe give some some different coping skill. Is that hard ideas. when someone says that? Like to say you feel like you should be doing giving stuff for, for free to help them out, or yeah. because someone said I've saved up for this. It's mm. kind of like fuck. Yeah, yeah, well, it's big stuff. Yeah. It's big stuff. I honestly, feel like so many people are really skint at the moment, mm. and obviously, like it's a time when a lot of people are struggling um, as well. So it's really hard, but. I think that I think one of the most important things is if the person can sense and it sounds a bit fluffy but you know if they can sense genuine goodwill you know if you sit in a room with someone who's got genuine goodwill for you um it's pretty powerful stuff yeah um and just kind of maybe building that relationship and having sounds very basic but at least having somewhere to offload talk about stuff um, you know. that's the, that's the difference though isn't it between counselling and therapy mm. where counselling is like an offloading type thing yeah. right? and therapy is kind of like learning a skill to help you cope with trigger points yeah. is that right would you say that's fair I think it's changing all the time because there's obviously that classic stereotype of it, you know it is a safe You know, it, well it, it should be it is a safe space where people can be you know I always say it's sort of like you can come through the door and all you need to do is be yourself. If you're in a if you're in a really bad place, you know, that's okay. Just just, you know, we'll contain it, we'll work on it. Just, you know, kind of, you know, be authentic self. It's always welcome. 
Um, I've gone off track. What were you saying? Um, the difference between counselling and therapy. Yeah. So there's sort of like the talking therapy, talking about things that are bothering you um, to someone who's neutral um, and exploring it with them. And that, and and then it kind of, you know, and that in itself is therapeutic if it's in the right environment with the right person. Um, but then you kind of move into sort of therapy world of kind of like, okay, well, what about this? Or exploring things from, looking at things from a slightly different viewpoint mm-hmm. or digging a bit deeper. Obviously, it's at someone's own pace. Otherwise, that's going to be completely detrimental to their well-being. Um, but yeah, starting to unpack stuff. I call I call it like looking into blind spots. So someone might have like um, for whatever reason there could there's just hundreds, isn't there? And, and most people have them blind spots. Either our defenses are really high. Something's happened. It's trauma. There's something we don't want to own, or if we own it there's going to be a cost we're going to have to give something up and we don't want to because mm-hmm. it actually serves us in a in a strange kind of way but it might not at the same time so it's kind of like looking like exploring things you know <laughs> what's that my tummy just <laughs> i just wanted to make it clear it didn't come from it didn't pass <laughs> <laughs> you're going very just goes, smell this <laughs> making a very serious point <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's processing. My tummy. It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely the process funny, is happening. No, it's, it's a metaphor. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny you should say that because, like, children, when you work with them, if they've got a lot of anxiety, they will. They they will, like, they will get wind. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I have processing. a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And thus, a lot of wind. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's there's so much. There's You've got counselling and then you've got therapy in general and then you've got... You know, you've got psychotherapy, um, and it just splits off and splits off and splits off. And yeah. so, it's. I think it's awesome. You get like play therapy, um, you know, and, and creative play, which is like for children. You can use it with adults as well. Um, but there's so many different sort of areas that someone can go into. That's it, because I've I've never been through any counselling or this is not me showing off. This is just a fact. I definitely need it. I've never had any therapy or, therapy or counselling, and I still think of it as this kind of, I suppose, this movie cliche of somebody sitting on a couch yeah. telling them about their childhood, mm-hmm. at, which then explains why they are what they are. But that, of course, is just one tiny aspect of yeah. what therapy is and can be, right? Yeah, so that would be kind of like if you're... Maybe if you have a... Uh, the thing that comes to mind when you say that is something like... You have a pattern of going for obviously everyone's different, but maybe a bit of a stereotype. Mm. Like you, maybe you keep going for emotionally unavailable people. Maybe you keep going for addicts. Um, maybe you know it, c- it could be anything. But if you're kind of like, if you find that you're really repeating a pattern, and it's and that pattern doesn't work for right. you, then that's kind of like yeah, it might be related to childhood. It, it could be related to anything, but you know, a lot of the time it's related to it's related to environments we've grown up in, and then we kind of like that's our template. So right. you know, so if caregiver was a bit emotionally unavailable, we get into a room with someone who's emotionally unavailable. Um, it's going to feel very familiar, yeah. and even though it might not be fully good for our well-being it's really going to feel like it is because it feels safe. It feels yeah. like home. Um, but it's not working for us because we always end up feeling the same. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's good. 
<laughs> She's good. Had a lot of coffee. <laughs> well, it's working for you. Yeah. So how do you, with people that people that listen to this or come into our shop in general? Yeah. How do you say it would work in them? Because you're obviously going to have your own clients anyway already. Yeah. So they can kind of come in and try and have a card or have a book or something they could write to you or send a message to you to say I would like to kind of like book something have a chat yeah what's what's the best way for them to like yeah if people are struggling or they feel like they want to kind of do this yeah so at the moment I've got I've got I've got a contact number I've got an email the practice is called Essex and Suffolk Counselling um, and there's an email for that as well. Um, the website is just being worked on at the moment. Hopefully it should correlate with the, the room opening up and stuff as well. But the way uh, it tends to work is that people people get in touch. You know, they might see my, like, business Facebook page or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. But quite often it's word of mouth. It's yeah. word of mouth and, you know, people say, oh, okay, someone someone worked with you. And sometimes you can't work with them because, obviously, it has to be ethical. So if you've been working with someone and then their their sister comes in, it's not you know it's not ethical to right. do so. But as long as there's that sort of like gap, yeah, then then it's okay. But yeah, word of mouth really. We, that's one of the things we should can start we can start doing, isn't it? It's promoting what you do, yeah, as well on the Instagram and saying if you want to get in contact, here's how you do it, yeah, and here's how you, if you're struggling or you want to have someone to talk to, yeah, it's a kind of quick and easy way to kind of book an appointment, yeah. Well, I think in in the beginning, um, I'm obviously I'm going to have a, a have like a bookings logbook sort of thing anyway. Yeah. And maybe you know, um, if people hear about it and they come in and ask, they can put down mm-hmm. put down their name and number, and that will all like get filed yeah. away and locked away, so it's all confidential. Um, but then you know, I'll get I'll get back to them and find just find a time that works for them. Um, so yeah, probably a logbook, and also I think realistically speaking, where I'm making more time to be here, I'm just going to be about. Mm. So if, you know, if someone hears, oh, there's an in-house counsellor, mm. um, they tend to be, you know, in in the, in their practice in the shop like this day and this day. Mm. I would hazard a guess that people are going to pop in or start asking. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Um, and oh. then it's just a case. Of, what we're going to, I think, I'll do as well is like in the back wall. We're going to have a space and we're going to do put the contact details on the back wall yeah as well with like a kind of well-being i was thinking like a kind of well-being message board or something where people can kind of like write experiences they've had or just general kind of positive comments and well-being messages and stuff like that for yeah. other people that might read it or people experiences so it's like a kind of shared experience and also just things about positive we spoke about didn't we that positivity yeah. and also part of it we could have like your contact details like how to contact yeah. you if you've yeah, booking this way without or... having to ask us because if they're embarrassed or something they could just be able to do it without having to come to us yeah as well yeah this is the thing i think you know uh, different options work for different people yeah. some people might be absolutely fine coming and going um i've heard there's a counseling service mm. Um, I wondered if I could book in other people. That's going to be like their worst nightmare, yeah, yeah. and they're probably going to pe- be the people that, like, you know, they'll get my number or an email, or you know, they'll go through the website. Um, also, I'm going to be on counselling directory as well, mm. so they can find me on there. So there should be a number of sources. There's also ways you can, like, I remember you said before you've done like walk and talk counselling as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Which is a way to kind of like be outside if it's going to be, you know, especially with this yeah, with the COVID thing. Meet them here and then. Yeah, yeah, go for a walk. Castle Park's really good for it. Yeah, Yeah, because some people, you know, being 
being in a being indoors, being in a room, they're big, maybe because of something they've been through, or mm. just their personality type. Mm. It's their worst nightmare to be stuck in a room. So, um, and there's also something about um, I don't know. There's something about walking and talking where things because you're physically moving. I don't know. I think. I think it works slightly differently. Yeah, I uh, agree. You know, I think it's like when when you talk to someone and you're and like, I don't know, like that's really rubbish. But like you're crafting or you're doing something, mm-hmm. or you're having a jam with musicians or something, and then it's a slightly different. I don't know. It's a slightly different process that happens, um, and that that can be that can be really helpful, especially if someone's feeling a bit nervous. Because if someone's feeling really really anxious. It's like, come down and sit in this new room and then, you know, tell me what's going on. Whoa, no. But if it's like, oh, okay, you know, let's go for a walk. walk. And then if they, you know, hopefully they're not going to run away. (laughs) But if they feel truly uncomfortable, they can just, you know, they've got the option to just walk away. There's definitely a sense of like being outside. There's definitely that kind of there is less, there's no pressure. But I think being outside, it feels less formal, doesn't it? Totally. Um, so that can be really helpful depending on personality type as well. And you'll tell us a little bit about your, the room, the office. Are you going to call it an office or the room? or Dungeon? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got... It's not subterranean. I've got, some, I've got some plans for it and I've spoken to friends and, like, you know, um, always good to get, like, different people's ideas and stuff. So uh, I think we're going to go on to this later, but I, I really like history I really like um, antiques and fashion throughout history, and and at the moment I'm really into like the 1920s. But I also love um, hideous 70s pottery and awful wallpaper and stuff like that. So I think I was saying to you earlier, um, I've kind of got an idea of going like some some dark wood, some like really nice like dark greens and stuff on the walls but then some probably god awful wallpaper somewhere just a little bit yeah. just a little bit um so yeah i think it's going to be a bit of a clash up but i fi- i feel i think that's it that feels okay to me because it's authentic yeah and that feels that's like you. yeah it's got to be a happy place for you as well you've got to, yeah, yeah you've as got long as it's yeah yeah, I think I think it's okay. Like it, it does need to be neutral, but I think it's okay to have a bit of character. I think so. Um, you know, because the same the same thing, same kind of way I work is that you know being very authentic. You know, that's not obviously not talking about any of my stuff because that's ma- massively unethical. But to be authentic, um, I think I think human beings are really good at sensing that. Um, so so it, feel, it feels like an okay choice to me to kind of have a bit of Larry wallpaper mm-hmm. and um, clash it up a bit, yeah. just give it a little bit of style. Yeah, because um, I suppose you want to show people that's who you are. Yeah. This is someone, there, you know, this is their room. This is someone I want to talk to. It's, yeah. You know, I think so. Yeah. Just a really bland... Because it's a, it's quite an sh- intense relationship between yourself and your therapist or your counsellor, isn't it? It's quite mm. a... Well, it can it's be private, yeah. secretive kind of. Yeah, you know, it's someone that you're talking to that you wouldn't talk to other people about as well, and yeah, you have to be able to get on with that person because you spend quite, you know, if you're having like even if you're having six sessions, that's six hours in the room with someone. Yeah, face to face, so there's a lot. Of, that's a long time to spend mm-hmm. with someone that you it don't is. like. If you, you know, so you need to be able to kind of get on with them or yeah, feel yeah. some sort of connection at least. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. It is. It's really important, and you know, 
Um, and it's okay if someone comes through the door and you have the meet and greet and talk to each other and things like that and they're like, actually, you know, I don't think that's going to work for me. Then you signpost them on to someone else. And I think, you know, another really important part of being authentic is being able to go, not be offended, you know, and go, okay, you're not feeling it, that's fine. But I think I, you know, either might know uh, someone else you could work with or Mm. even just ask the question, would you like? And they might be like, no, I'm going to source it myself. Um, But, you know, even, I know it sounds a bit strange, but even that can be therapeutic, like someone coming forward and just having a, a meet and greet and then them going I'm not sure or might, they might not be ready but simply someone saying them ending something and someone saying yeah that's okay that's fine you know I hope you're okay wish you all yeah. the best you know and then you know come back if you want to or if not I can refer you on sort of thing but it's an important step just to sort of yeah take that step and tell somebody that you yeah. You need help with something. Yeah, I'm a big, big advocate of waiting till you find the right <coughs> counsellor. Like, yeah. see two, three, four, like, have, you know, go to do, go to different places and try different people. Um, you know, because if something's really not working, and it, you know, I think you can, I don't think it should happen too much, but you are going to get, you know, you are going to sometimes get people that are like, actually, no, I m- might work better with someone else. Or, I suppose as well, I don't know, but parents will often pay for this right the counselling for their kids yeah imagine that's a thing so also parents kind of like need to feel kind of comfortable with where their children are going for this as well right absolutely well that's where things like contracts and stuff like that are so important so if they're an adolescent so they're under 18 then I need a signature from from caregiver as well um or at least you know a conversation you know they might it might be that um a 17 year old is is fully competent to make their own decisions in which case you can keep it a little bit more more private but um you know it's really important to to work with the exact example that's going on you might get a 17 year old who you feel is really vulnerable and for whatever reason they don't have the capacity to sign that form sign that contract so it's a really sort of hot topic um but yeah i try and keep it really Again, I try and be really transparent. So, you know, I talk to the client and say, you know, the way I work, I'm, you know, I'd like to have a chat with mum or dad or caregiver. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Is yeah. that something that's okay? And you go forward like that. It's just so different with every person. Um, but that's why, obviously, contracts are so important to keep everyone safe. Like, you know, get signatures, keep everyone safe, make sure everyone basically sit down together, make sure everyone's safe. And everyone's in the know, and no one's vulnerable, um, and everyone's clear about what's going on. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a case by case example, depending on age, circumstance, situation, competence, uh, if they're you know if they're vulnerable, things like that. Yeah, one of the good things I hope from this this kind of experience and relationship is that I know from my experience that I find it really hard to know where to go. Mm. when I was looking to kind of have counselling or therapy I was like freaking like no idea yeah and by the fact is that you have a place a, a shop that people kind of hopefully feel good about and they know where it is and they know it's an option that they might feel 
easier to kind of go, yeah, I'll give it a go because yeah. I know where it is and I know it's easy. I know I can do it easily and it's not a hard so process. That, yeah. Like, oh shit, how do I fucking book it and how do I, yes. who do I phone and how do I get that conversation yeah. started? You're literally being worried about where where it is. I've yeah. turned up to places and if you don't know where it is, yeah. that, that's a that's really extra, stressful. Yeah, yeah. layer of anxiety, isn't it? Yeah. And who's oh, who's going to be at the door? What do I do? Do I knock? What, yeah. What's the... yeah. Well, ideally, you kind of like you chat to the person beforehand. So if they mm. haven't been here. And I spoke to them, say they emailed me or something, yeah. explain to them like where the practice is, um, and then you just say the process. I will, yeah. I will meet you outside, or because some people won't be comfortable with that. So I, you know, I will be on the inside when mm. you're ready. Knock on the door, and I will let you in. Sort of mm. thing. Cause some people aren't going to want to yeah. be seen but like that. Either way, they know exactly what to expect. Yeah, I'll just go Each, through it with them, and yeah. hopefully, you know, make it work for them as well. I have a question. It's quite a big, a big one okay. that you might not know the answer to. But do you think more young people suffer with their mental health these days, or have we all have young people always suffered? They just now are more, more freely sort of admit it and kind of deal with it. it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? And obviously, COVID adds an- another strand to that because yeah. I imagine that's increased mental health issues yeah. with people but generally speaking what do you think there are more young people suffering with bad mental health um i think it's less of a ta- taboo now yeah so i think more people are coming forward so the stats are going to be different anyway mm-hmm. um so i definitely think that's at play that it's less taboo people hopefully you know can feel that they can be more open about mental health and things like that um i think I think with every... Hello. My name is Bernard, 2001. You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints, and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Old Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. out mother crushes every kind of like period in history I think there are different things going on that affects people mm-hmm. and I think something that's really going on at the moment and it is shifting because it's you know I, I think it's shifting a little bit not as much as it needs to but it's stuff around body image body mm-hmm. positivity healthy relationships with food um, I know it's a very cliche thing to say at the moment from a therapy point of view, but social media stuff like that is, has a big impact, and I think it's like the, I think it's like the force. You can use it for great good or great evil. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Um, You're either the dark side. Yeah. Or the side. But I think big themes that are happening at, happening at the moment is there's a lot of pressure 
um, for younger people to look a certain way or be a certain way or they're being, they're, you know, they're being, they're sort of seeing such a world where everything's edited, everything's airbrushed, um, yeah. you know, and there's, the, you know, you're seeing, or, or even things like, you know, Facebook, you're seeing the highlight of someone's, you're seeing one photo from realistically 20 do you know what I mean? Do we we always say we discuss this quite a lot, haven't we? In yeah, saying it's that one of our big themes. It's a bit, it's a, the big themes at work as well. We talk about it like yeah. regularly at the warehouse. It's that relationship between which we're in a world where, in theory, we've never had it so good. Yeah. But it comes with pressure and it comes with expectation and the feelings of failure. Like I can't live up to this. I need to do more and I need to be better and I need to have bigger. And those pressures to deliver those things is yeah. what's causing the problems. Like we're not yeah. kind of Which happy. Which have always been there, but are now so much more visible. Like yeah. And so much more, you basically, because of phones, smartphones, they're always with you. Yeah. <laughs> those so those anxieties and those comparisons are always yeah. there. Yeah. Well, I think something that's, I, I think it's pretty, pretty big in like Western world is worth is linked to productivity. And it's really hard, isn't it? Because feeling productive is good for self-esteem sometimes. Do you know what I mean? It can be really boosting, and it's like, yeah, I'm doing something that's authentic to my life or really works for who I am. Um, but if you get someone that's... If you... If someone, their self-worth is entirely based on how productive they've been, chances are they're going to go into, I don't know, like workaholic land or stuff like that if they're not feeling great because that's their coping skill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's pro- it's going to have a great side. Like, you're probably going to be very good at things. Like, maybe whatever it is that your thing is. Yeah. But if if it's solely linked to being productive, that's not really... You know, your worth shouldn't really be tied to what you produce or what you do. Your worth is, like, who you are. And, I don't know, the decisions you make. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big thing, isn't it? Like you know, what is self-esteem and self-worth kind mm. of thing. But n- knowing you're worthy without having to prove it, yeah. something come into, into fruition, you know, basically, if you're if you're having a really bad day, week, month, year, two years, six years, if you're having a really rough chapter, I think something really important is to, is to I know it sounds a bit fluffy, is, but is to be like, that is okay it's a very human thing to go through a really rough time and not feel very good about yourself or question yourself a lot um and the i think it would be really good if people kind of integrated the idea that it obviously it's not fun but feeling low having like thinking you've got flaws or having self-doubt um it's very human it's very human we can't feel good all the time i mean if someone's in distress all the time yeah, that you know, let's work on it. But it's kind of giving yourself permission to go, I'm human, I've been through this, it's triggered this, or I'm having a really rough time, or something hasn't worked out, or I've lost someone. Um, and kind of going, yeah, that's okay, I'm allowed to, you know, I'm allowed to be sad, or I'm allowed to be angry. Because it's not like, it's you know, it's kind of like, it's not the emotion, it's what we do with it. Because yeah. people do different things with different emotions. So yeah, so it's it's. I don't think it's. It was just, I feel like we're in a period of huge change as a society. Yeah. Personally, with the internet, like twenty years of like change, and we're all figuring where our place in the world is, mm. and where we, 
where we are and where we, what our futures hold or what our I don't know it's just it's, it's a tough time I think for a lot of people figuring that one out and I think the internet obviously has got a lot to say for that yeah it's because it's such a huge social change yeah like the like it's probably we say as big as the industrial revolution yeah and it's like the internet revolution and it's changed everything and it's kind of hard to figure but, that one out yeah mm. but it's happened so fast relatively yeah. speaking yeah but the industrial revolution was like 100 years wasn't it so this is like 20 years of yeah. like huge yeah, monumental exactly. change in our way we do everything book mm. holidays communicate yeah. buy clothes totally buy, and then each other. you've got the generational gap with people who've only known this yeah. and then people like us who kind of grew up in a different time where yeah. you, you know you didn't have that and yeah. you have to arrange then, to meet friends but then we yeah. have it now yeah, yeah, we're yeah, figuring that one yeah, out yeah we're figuring out our place in how the modern yeah. world is yeah. it's difficult for everyone essentially mm. And then you got the even older people who just don't, refuse to believe it. Mm, it's part it. of yeah. it's part of the world. Yeah, they're probably happier. <laughs> it's a sad fact. Yeah. The Luddites. So um, we on that, that was we, on that bombshell. <laughs> should we move into the music sphere? Yeah, I think we've pretty much solved the modern world. So, okay. yeah. um, that Ellie, yeah. you're also a very accomplished musician. Thank and you're you. in two bands, mm-hmm. one of whom we interviewed a few weeks ago. Yes. The Lamplight Club. Yeah. But you're also in a duo, the Gin Twins, which is part of the Lamplight Club. Well, it's with it's with the lead guitarist and he does vocals as well, Jim. And it's like, it's, it is a separate entity, but we are both in but the Lamplight yeah, Club right. as well. Um, so yeah, two two bands sort of thing. Are they stylistically different? So do you would you come to a lamplight club gig with a song that you think suits? Well, you basically wouldn't play it to the lamplight club because you know it's more of a gin twins. Yeah, I think you right. start How to. Does it work? I try and rail against that a little bit just to. Uh, I I sort of like I understand that it's good to have like. Um, when you describe your music to someone, say, well, we're kind of like this, this is kind of what we do. But I think all all the bands in Lampies, they're all very open to um, different ideas. So our songs tend to change. Like, we, we have an EP release, and then we'll have, like, the next EP. It'll be really different. Um, and um, I think that's probably something that bonds us together, like, the fact that we, we can all do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do every now and then. You get a feel for oh, this one might be more a Gin Twin song, or this one might be more. more I think Toby said that the singer from Lamplight that he said that sometimes he's got a song that he he said normally the ones that he solo ones are the ones that aren't good enough for Lamplight. <laughs> 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 well, Is that true? That truly spouted no comment. Yeah. Absolutely no comment. Um, no, there's what I suppose there are again. It's it's really tricky because like you know one member might bring a song and they're like you know it feels more like. Um, something that needs just an acoustic guitar and then another person will go yeah but what about this and all of a sudden you've got like I don't know something like something like a, a disco version of something that sounds really vintage well, I think you chose heavy metal <laughs> 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 uh, yeah but it just changes all yeah. the time it changes all the time me and uh, Jim twins me and Jim we do covers as well and that tends to be sort of macabre Americana rootsy Ooh, kind of kind of stuff and we do our, we do our own songs as well um so yeah there there is a difference but it just changes all the time 
Um, Does um, Jim call himself the Jim of Twins? (laughs) (laughs) We call each other Jinzies sometimes. There's like the Lampies and the Jinzies. That's nice. Um, But yeah, we generally just call each other ridiculous names. Um, Sure. Yeah. That's good bunch. Not insulting. No, affectionate. Just ridiculous. Do you... Specky big nose. <laughs> yeah, that's not affectionate. That's actually quite vindictive and... Uh, I will need <laughs> to see you about that. My deep-seated nose issues. Yeah. But that's that's for a private chat. Yeah. <laughs> a different podcast. Uh, songwriting-wise, do, do you find that easy if something's not working? Like, when you start jamming something out, do you find it easy to sort of say, this isn't working, I don't think this is right? Or is the relationship good enough that you can do that? Or is there a lot of repressed... Oh, I'm not going to say anything, but this isn't very good. I think, like in our band. <laughs> well, it's really tricky, isn't it? I think both of those things are really, really normal and common sort of things. Um, but we tend to, uh, in Lampies, we tend to, if we get to a point where we're a bit stuck, we tend to park it. It's what mm-hmm. we've got, right? We'll park it and then we work on something new. Maybe come then, back to it with fresh ears, yeah. yeah. And then about two weeks later, someone goes, what about this? And you're like, aha! Do yeah. you write songs in the rehearsal room or are you writing kind of like demo-y style? Because I think sometimes demo maybe it's a bit easier to write songs and then try and live yeah. it up afterwards. Cause I think it's better to have that... For me, I like to have that foundation of a yeah. complete song rather than endless jamming. That, that's just yeah. my personal... Yeah, because sometimes endless jamming is a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah. It's endless, but it's, we're playing by the hour here. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's... Uh, how do we do it? I suppose... Toby come in the lamplight club. Toby comes in with um, some songs that are, I don't know, like fifty percent. I don't want to sort of like, sort of quote it wrong, but it feels like he comes in with like either half finished songs or mm-hmm. fully finished songs. But there is room for flexibility. Yeah. There is room for our own stamp on it. But every now and then, other band members will bring in songs to the lamplight club as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tends to be there, yeah. There tends to be a little bit of the bones of something, mm-hmm. and then we kind of like pad it out a bit and see see where it's going to go. In the rehearsal room, yeah. That's yeah, good. I think coming with those bones though is is a good starting point. Yeah, you can hang flesh off of yeah. bones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. That's just a fact. Songwriting flesh. Yes. <laughs> Confusing metaphors. <laughs> is music important to you and your mental health? Like your own personal mental health. Yeah, massively. Yeah. It defi- does it define you? Do you say? Um, well, I get a lot of people say to me, "Why it doesn't? Why aren't you doing music therapy?" Hmm. I wondered that actually. Yeah, and I feel like um, it would not ruin it, but it just doesn't feel natural. It feels like writing music is something really, really creative and really not that that can't happen in a counselling room, um, but it feels like. Um, some, I suppose it's a really creative thing that I kind of I want to keep. Do you know what I mean? I want to I want to keep yeah. it. That's, that's um, and I think to bring it into counselling, that there wouldn't be many rules, but it would start to be like it would start to be relating to work slightly. Yeah. And even though technically music is work, it feels like it's in a different field. It's sort of blurring the lines between. Yeah, there's something about, you know, being truly honest, there's something about, like, I talk to clients about music and things like that, um, but it's something I kind of want to keep to being, you know, you can just be really creative and kind of keep it to the the band stuff, really, not bring it into the 
And as you say, you know, saying that, who knows? Like it might happen, but at the moment, yeah. they're kind of separate. Um, and we, t- I just tend to talk to clients about music if they want to. Obviously, I don't sit there and go, "Do you know what? Do you know what I listened to this morning?" <laughs> but yeah, but so music, yeah, but as a as a kind of way of expressing yourself, then it's like a way. It's... Yeah, I think uh, definitely, it's definitely a way to express yourself and to be again to be brutally honest. I tend to this is only from a personal point of view but it I it tends to be like if I've had if I'm feeling low in myself or I'm struggling or if I'm feeling like um I need some kind of like inspiration or hope I listen to a song about someone that's really struggling <laughs> you know that you just like they they can't make rent or do you know what I mean like real stuff and it kind of it just I I find it quite helpful music touches you in places that other other art can't reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's well, so special. Of, um, in, in religion as well, they use music as a yeah. tool mm. to kind of get, um, to help to kind of bridge that gap as we're in the spiritual world as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a really good way of, of doing that, you know. Yeah. Some of the big, like, not that I'm not religious at all, but I've been in this, uh, like evangelicals churches where they've used music as a really powerful tool to, and he's, and well, so I, it, I felt like shit is that God yeah, yeah it transports you more than words do yeah and in mm. hindsight it's because it was bloody good chord structure yeah, yeah. it was like, the, yeah. It was like yeah. touching all my buttons because it was all deep organ sounds yeah, exactly. and like repeated like, yeah. a melody can do yeah. more than and bring this into the band speech yeah, yeah. and yeah. that but yeah at the time I remember being like being swept along with it going shit is that is well, it yeah. yeah you can see how people will be converted yeah well, I think it it creates a sense of like, you know, if you're doing it with other people, it can create a sense of like connection, community, tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, it it seems to end dancing does mm-hmm. that yeah. as well, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But that's true. Music and stuff right. as well. it's the closest thing to magic, I think there is in the real world. Yeah, yeah. I think Paul Daniels. Yeah. What about this? Okay. As yeah. he pulls out. Something out of his arsehole. Yeah, you're right. Music and yeah. sleight of hand are the two <laughs> pillars. Or magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Coldplay song, magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coldplay and yeah. Paul Daniels, the two. Uh, what's been the, the hardest kiddings. thing for you during this lockdown period then, as a, as a band? As a band? Yeah. Um, I think simply, you know, not being able to meet up and having to be... Having to, uh, what's the word? There's a word that I can't remember. Having to reorganise how we do things. So it's no secret that I'm hugely dyslexic, dyspraxic, dyscalculia, visual stress, the lot. Full house. A lot of this. Um, Yeah. Um, But that, you know, for me, because obviously everyone works differently, but for me, like that translates to having real issues around tech and technology mm-hmm. yeah. um, and a lot of what we do in in both actually in the Lamplight Club and the gym, uh, and the Gin Twins is when working around COVID so we can still write and produce something it's all about well we'll put it on GarageBand then we'll ping it over to you and then we'll put it in Dropbox and you have a listen and we'll put it back and it, it's all kind of like it's quite I think it's quite professional but I've really struggled with it <laughs> Um, so that's kind of the way I'm still learning on that one um, because that's kind of the way we've that's the path we've found to still being able to write songs 
and 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 work on production for them and stuff like that is is using all the technology available to send it over to each other um and obviously like i think most of us prefer getting in a room when we can yeah and and going through it but yeah it's definitely had to shift um but i think i you know i i feel confident in saying that we've we've done it well i i you know i definitely have a bit of a downfall with tech but we've all moved quite nicely into going okay how do we do this how do we do that and we all kind of like work it around our jobs and everyone's got a different job and a different schedule but we all we all i think we all find time for it and we all add our own thing to it do you know what i mean yeah like so you know i might send over like toby does artwork and i sent over some artwork the other day as well so it's just kind of like adding adding to it as well keeping it going yeah well, that feeling of collaboration—that's part of the the magic that yeah. I was talking about. Yeah, that, yeah. Yes. nothing like that feeling of creating something. But I suppose that it's been taken away. Being in the room together, when you when you have that moment, like we've yeah. got something here. This is this is a song that's this is good. Yeah, we like this. this is yeah. I miss yeah. the, the beer as well. Do you miss sure. the beer? Obviously, sure. we don't like booze. That's it or also anything. part of the magic. Yeah. Yeah. But every now and then we'll, we'll have a beer or something together as well, and obviously mm, that's greatly, yeah. greatly missed as well. The kind of like camaraderie of it. Yeah. Have you always been in bands? Is it something you've just always done since you were a kid? Yes, I think this is probably where the metal thing comes from. My first mm-hmm. band was a heavy metal band called Ominous. Sure. Ominous. Yeah, Ominous. Oh, Ominous. oh, Ominous. Wait, was that <laughs> my first band? I don't think that was my first Ooh. band. No. It's a pre-Ominous. Yeah, it was Pre-Ominous days. It wasn't. I was in duos before that. So, like, sure. always into singing and songwriting and yep. writing poetry and all that kind of stuff. But then I think I started getting into duos and performing and gigging around 14 oh okay and then, and then it sort of like just went from there what what was the first song you ever wrote oh, remember what was the first song that it's not the first song that i ever wrote but the first song i wrote that i was like yes mm-hmm. this there's something there's mm-hmm. something in this i can do this yeah there's something going on here that's nice um, what, 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 what was it called? I think it was called Mary. I think it okay, was called yeah. Mary. And um, was it a religious? Effort? Oh crap! <laughs> it wasn't religious. It was a slight theme of thinking about someone comes along and says, "Hey, you're going to have a baby." No one asked her, as far as I'm aware. So it was, do you know what I mean? Like they said, hey, you know. I was in Ma- The Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I think I was just thinking about that. And I was like, I don't... Yeah, did she have a choice? Yeah, yeah like, I don't remember anyone saying, how do you feel about this? Yeah. You know, and not to go off into those really deep, you know, sort of like conversations and stuff. But I think I, the reason I mention it is because I realised that I, I was intrigued about dynamics in history and dynamics in religion um and also just fascinated by characters and quite often yeah that is like strong strong women who kind of um stood up and changed yeah. things i feel like the way it's told in well in the nativity is that she was honored to be uh, asked but up. I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> to be immaculately mm. yeah yeah <clears throat> i don't know i don't really remember well i think it was also about that she plays um you know from the little i know you know, this is coming from the little I know. It's a very, like, uh, there's lots of archetypes going on in stories, isn't there? And yeah. she's very much, like, the the kind of, like, 
I don't know, the virginal mm. nurturing. And I'm like, no, hu- human beings are so complicated. That's true. We're not stereotypes. No. So I tend to take, in songs, I tend to take quite stereotyped characters and try and give them more complexity to make them more human and more mm-hmm. relatable. Um, that That's something I enjoy doing. Reveal the hidden go, depths. Yeah, or just... That's good. Like, that's quite... For 14, that's, that's <laughs> very... Christ, out of 14. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Red card, yellow card and white card. Yeah. Now it's America, 94. <laughs> that was a good chorus, though. Yeah, wasn't mine. Got a claim uh, <laughs> For all these years, I thought that was your work. No. I, I, one day I'll play you one of our first songs. I'll get the mm. guitar out. Excellent. It'd be lovely. Yeah. yeah. Save it for the podcast. Yeah, it? big time. You like that Our one? dear yeah. listeners. Uh, I want to move on um, quickly because we've run out of time, really. <coughs> okay. um, fashion. How important is fashion being in a band and being in Lamplight Club? Is it important to the band? Um, I suppose it's important to look authentic. I think that's important. I think we all... I. I wouldn't like to speak for anyone else, but I feel like we all all agree on um, that looking authentic to who we are is important. Um, You know, Toby or, you know, they'll say to me, smart. And I'll be like, cool. They're like, not dungarees, not dungarees. And I'm like, oh. NB, not dungarees. Yeah. But you have quite a coherent look. Yeah, that's why I asked it. It feels like, yeah, you've sort of talked about it and... I so think, I said, this is the theme. Yeah. But that's good that like, you all... Nice yeah. turn up in joggers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think well, I think it's what seems to have happened is a folky kind of yeah. dark colours mm. thing. I guess you spend enough happened. time with people, you start to dress like your yeah. friends, don't you? Mm. Yeah, and to, a lot to a degree. Of, yeah, and a lot of the songs are, in essence, like fables mm. their their stories you yeah. know not all of them but a lot of them are and i suppose there's an element of folk in yep. that um and that comes through fr- from like fashion wise i suppose it's influences from history like it's it's you know not uncommon for someone to have a waistcoat in a light club sure. or for one of us to look a bit like i mean probably me 1920s <laughs> or do you know what I mean? Kind of bring that element in, but it's it's there in the songs, so it's not yeah. it's not something that's sort of added on. It I feels, suppose again it comes back to that authenticity. Mm. Like, yeah, and I being suppose part a of way that, to like, highlight gang, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you when you dress in a similar way, you've, it, it's like gang colours. It yeah. kind of makes you feel like you're kind of like in the same <laughs> club. It wouldn't be a scary gang at all. <laughs> yeah. Would you, Would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah, it's my kind of gang. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. And a little folk song, please. Yeah, a little folk song. Down the pub, maybe. maybe. What's your biggest fashion? <laughs> he's, he's rubbing it up now. Yeah. <laughs> well, now. I'm going to now. Quick. Your biggest fashion faux pas? Biggest fashion oh, yeah, faux pas. Oh, crumbs. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Um, I don't know. If I'm quite honest, I feel like the real awful faux pas I am proud of. Yeah. You you're a faux pas owner. Yeah, I think there's there's like, um, like I think it was an Eddie Izzard quote that I'm obviously not going to do it right because of the dyslexia and stuff. But he said super stylish, and then it goes round and it goes to um, okay, okay, really bad now, awful. I quite like awful because it's that far away from awesome, and That's sometimes true. they do that. It's a very fine line. Yeah, so I quite I will actively seek out awful dresses. 
and I, wear them with pride. I think with things like that, it's about how you carry yourself. If you wear it with confidence, yeah. I think you make it, you make it work. Yes. One one makes it work. If you if you feel all sort of self conscious and like, oh God, is this awful? Then it looks awful. This yeah. comes then to what we talk about with shop, the relationship between your f- clothing, your outfit, and also your mental health. Because mm-hmm. what you were saying right there, right, it's like if you leave the house feeling good, yeah. like you feel good in what you're wearing, it also yeah. helps to kind of like with how you kind of feel positive about yeah. your day as well. Do yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think like um, you know what we choose to doesn't doesn't necessarily always say something about us but i think i think we need to be comfortable you know comfortable with what we're wearing no one leaves the house or very few people leave leave the house wearing some or dressing in a way to make themselves deliberately look like shit yeah what they're wearing is it's like an extension of how they want to be seen right because it's yeah. like anything it's like yes. why do you dress like a toothpaste <laughs> Or whatever it might be, right? But it's like you yeah. you choose to wear something because you kind of like it's an extension of your personality, I guess. Yeah. Whether you're kind of like into metal or you <laughs> like, toothpaste. You can... <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it might be, right? It's like how people kind of wear, and it's so I think there's, there's I think there's quite a fine line between that relationship between clothing, outfits, and your yeah. friendship group. So, your tribe. Sometimes I think I shouldn't care this. It shouldn't affect me this much like what I'm wearing but it does mm. it does yeah. so I don't know whether that's it's wrong to feel that way like feel if I feel like oh I haven't had any new clothes for ages and I feel really down and you leave the house thinking mm, oh, I hate what I'm wearing yeah I hate me. what I'm wearing and you do feel down and I'm like yeah. I shouldn't because it's just clothes but yeah. it is I think it depends it on how is important, important. Is, it is to you I think yeah. they're probably you know it, you know, there's got to be some people out there that are just like I'm not too fussed yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Too I'm sure fussed. there are those people and then there's you I know, don't know any of them no <laughs> um, but yeah I think it definitely like it does tend to say something about us mm. like I usually doss about in dungarees and um, you know I don't know how do people feel about that they come into a counselling room and the counsellor's wearing dungarees but you know I think in you know the way I stand with it is well it's authentic self if I was in a smart work jacket and stuff mm. like that yes, a business suit that's not who I am. But it's also you're presenting a different version of yourself then for that experience as well. Yeah. I, I have a, a leadership coach who, when I first started meeting him, was he was really smart. Right. But as we've gone on our relationship, he's dressed down more and more. Yeah. And he talks he talks about it sometimes, and he says it's because he doesn't feel comfortable anymore dressing up when he's around me because I'm always so scruffy right. that he feels like oh, it suits our relationship. Right. For he's him sort of to you. mirror me more, yeah. okay. so he's now not like he turns up in his pajamas, but he's no. like Hi. he's wearing a, a well, for him dressing down would be like wearing a polo shirt, yeah, or something, or like a jumper. He's got out of He's wearing really short shorts with a perish lining. He's like crosses his legs, huh? <laughs> you see a little bit of brain. Yeah. That wasn't a cry for help, Steve. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, and I think and he's really aware of the importance of clothing I guess to that our relationship yeah. and how that's kind of worked mm-hmm. interesting know. yeah is it yeah, no genuinely yeah. is yeah, yeah I just, I just yeah we, we discuss this all the time we kind of advocates for the fact is that what we can do here as a business is obviously we sell clothing and yeah. we try to help people with positive well-being yeah and how those how those two work is that if we can kind of create an environment which is all about positivity and kindness and community yeah but also be able to give you the, the tools to kind of like have clothing 
that you feel good in so that you leave feeling better than when you came in yeah. it's kind of like our mission that's our sort of mantra yeah our passion we call it yeah. rather than the mission but it's like yeah. oh I, you know I really like that I feel like this says a lot about who I am yeah sort of thing exactly and that's kind of I don't know I just think that that relationship is kind of quite important I think for a lot of people yeah I mean, you're right, not everyone because everyone's different but there's definitely a I always I, just, I sit here and I study people walking past and I'm like yeah what is that saying about them is it saying anything is it you can tell obviously some people are really specifically like into clothes for a certain reason but other yes. people and, or, or they're saying yeah this is my subculture this is my yeah. tribe that I'm part of mm. yeah and I think or they're saying um, notice me notice me yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think again with mm. like it, it is a stereotype but with teenagers they're kind of working out who they are as well so that's yeah. that's so also experimenting part of, yeah that's mm. also part of the process and to sort of like have somewhere what that where things different you know you've got different options um there's more vintage options or you know there's a bit more choice than whatever happens to be in fashion at the time um you know in a way you're not kind of dictating to to, to you know young people what, what they should wear they yeah. come in and like could be this could be that um i think that's the fun thing about vintage clothes you know it can be whatever you want to be yeah. <laughs> and before i move on i've got one more final question yeah I, we could talk for hours, and I would like to, but I'm, I'm very aware of people's attention spans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um, is that what was the first bit of vintage clothing you ever bought? Can you remember? Oh, I think. Let me think. Okay, I think it was a bright yellow polka dot halter neck dress that I used to wear over baggy jeans in my first, in my second band. Ah. Yeah. What? That was post. Oh, was that ominous? Was no, that, po- that was the one after. Oh, right. That was the one. Okay. Uh, what were they called? That was the one after. They called Jaded Wednesday. Jaded Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so J did Wednesday or no. Jaded Wednesday? Jaded. Okay. Jaded Wednesday. Again, a very right, happy, okay. very happy right. title. Um, yeah. Jess, what was your first bit of vintage clothes? <sighs> God, that's a big question. Oh, I had a. Brown ja- brown workwear jacket that said James. Like, a workwear oh, label that okay. said James on it. That might have been my first. Okay. From this little shop in Coventry. Cov. Nice. Okay. Um, okay, so I would like to... Yours? S- you wish it I'll see you too? Uh, flares. Oh, Denim yeah. flares. Nice. Classic. Um, I would like to play our game, which we'd like to do with people called Band for Life. Okay. Have you, have you prepared for this? Uh, yes. So what I'd like to do, Jess, can you tell me? I will explain the concept, yeah. Okay. You've probably heard the jingle by now. Okay. But <laughs> Steve's I'll in the jingle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll come in at some point. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. ask our guests for two artists or bands one which they could listen to for all eternity without getting bored yeah still loving and another that you would erase their music from existence okay. it would be banned for life none of that see what okay. you've done there yes yeah, it's a very clever feature we're yeah. very proud okay <laughs> so 
tell us the two bands and then we like to guess to see which one we think see, see we is the out. one you're banning and which one you is your band oh, what, ex- explain them without saying who they are have you, have you, no, no just say, say, the say who the, ba- the two bands or artists and then we'll guess and then you'll explain why you've chosen them for those particular okay so the one of them is Tori Amos mm-hmm. and the other one I the, the, the truth of it is I don't know who wrote it. I should do, but I'm going to own it and say I don't. And they did a song that just just depresses me. Um, and it's, okay. Where is it? Why, why, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I've totally ruined it. Um, the cliffhanger's gone. But yeah, it's fine. okay. Do you want me to... Should I do another one or something? No, no, no. no, no. It's really not that important. Okay, well, it's because I don't know the name. This is the problem. But it's White a Shade of Pale or... Oh, Procol Harum. Right. Procol Harum. Okay. Oh, them. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's that particular, that particular it's that song. song. It's that song. So yeah. Sorry, I totally ruined the game. No, no. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> What's wrong with Procol Harum's "White Shade of Pale"? I don't like it. I don't sure. like it. Like I think it's something about the organ and the mm-hmm. chords they're playing, and it's just like it's just dreary. It's dreary. It doesn't inspire me. It makes me feel like blur. Yeah. You know, and it I'm just. I know the song, but I can't. What's what's the first line? I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds a bit like a piece of classical music. Yeah, yeah. I just. Yeah. Quite a shade of pale. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. It's going to be another play. It's about to play at no point now, is it? It sounds, it, it sounds indifferent. <laughs> no! Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've tripped the light from Dangle! That's the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't this one, like, for an old cigar advert, where he's puffing a new cigar <laughs> from back in the 80s? Uh, no, it's that, well, it's Nick the Chord sequence from uh, Bach's Air on a G-String, which oh. was used for... Air on a G-String? <laughs> <laughs> Which was used for the Hamlet cigars oh, advert. Yeah. So that's what you've. Yeah, that's what I've done. That's now. what you've done there. Well, the good old days where you can have cigar adverts <laughs> on TV. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. Happiness yeah. is a cigar called Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There are people I know that really love that song, and that's yeah, absolutely like that fine. My very first proper girlfriend. That was her dad's favourite song. Oh, no. The one who played at his funeral. Yeah. And oh. he, he oh, is now, now dead. Did, so yeah. that's happened. Okay. Yes. I wasn't at it. So. No. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't got no strong attachment to that song. Okay. I think that's, just, that's a good choice. It's just it's just one of those songs that I go, oh no, yep. like turn it over. Erase um, it from yeah, existence. No, thank you. Um, and Tori Amos. Yeah. Why do you love her so? Why could you listen to her for the rest of eternity? Um, I think because she, uh, I just I just think she's completely unique. There is a bit of a Kate Bush influence, mm-hmm. most definitely, like undeniably. Um, but I feel like Tori Amos is really unique. Her songwriting is just bonkers. Like it changes time signatures, and she plays like baroque stuff. And that you know, she she managed to do that so that it became like she got songs that were like baroque into into mainstream charts and things like that. And I don't think she she well from what I've read she never compromised herself either. I think her first album, I might be wrong, but I think her first album, Little Earthquakes, they tried to take all the all the piano 
off off the album. Obviously, she, she plays piano, oh, she... Um, but they tried to replace it with guitars. So and she said, even though you know there was a chance that the sort of big wigs at the time, it's not really like that anymore. But at the time, it was all record labels and yeah. stuff. There was a chance that they were going to say, "Okay, well, I'm not going to take you on. We're not going to promote you then." But she was like, "No, I play piano. Yeah. I write That's songs." That's what she on. does. Yeah. yeah, this is my thing, and you know, thank God they kept it on there because, yeah. But I just, I just think she's really unique. The way she sings is really unique, um, and I think, yeah, it just, it just feels really authentic to me. She's like very, very, very creative and not afraid to express herself or you know kind of go down different avenues and I think she did I just think she did a lot for women in music you've got that sort of era was like Tori Amos PJ Harvey and Bjork the big three yeah Mm. so um, I think they did so much for they knocked down some doors yeah they they really did and um, yeah that's the the kind of stuff I love really Mm. so yeah Tori Amos massive fan good choice yeah what song for anyone listening what song would you say Tori Amos we can listen to one Tori Amos song. You already know Cornflake. Cornflake, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a classic. That's, that's the one I've already said. Yeah. I don't know if I'd know any others. Um, I'd say either Pretty Good Year or Precious Things. Okay. Yeah, that are really worth listening to. That's my wife saying, why don't you know? <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. That's good. Microphone's still recording. Yeah, yeah. He won't edit it out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it won't. Uh, okay, so thank you very much for no, thank you um, being part of our podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, I reckon we could probably talk again in the future. Like once we get up and running, it'd be cool to have a chat about kind of like after it's happened and then yeah. how things are going and what experiences we're having with that kind mm-hmm. of like relationship and how it's going and yeah, can be a regular. Yeah, I'm back again. Uh, So thank you everyone for listening to Failed Rockstar Club podcast, the podcast that talks about music, mental health and fashion. We actually did this week. Yeah, all three. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Love you. Bye.